Um, yeah, uh, if you've got a Bible, grab it, uh, open it, turn it on, um, grab an outline, the scriptures from there, or just follow along on screen, whichever um, way you want to prefer. Um, we're in our second week of our series called Overcomers, and this series is all about exactly what it sounds like, us being the overcomers that God has called us to be, or that we're able to be, there's probably a better way to say it, because of what what God does in us and through us, um, because the tomb is empty, we're over, able to overcome anything the world throws at us. Um, last week, week number one, we talked about Ephesians chapter four. Um, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Uh, remember, we, we used the verses, we said, um, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And, and the, uh, if the first ones didn't get you, the all types of evil behavior really did, right? Because you're like, oh, I don't have to do anything at the beginning of this. Um, but all types of evil behavior, that's like everything. And people have asked throughout the week, well, what about this? Like, listen, listen, listen. If you've got to ask, you know that it's wrong, right? So just like stop. That's what, that's what Paul is telling us. Get rid of all of it. And he said, Instead, you have to be kind to each other. You have to be tenderhearted, and you have to be forgiving just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. And we talked about how kindness is giving somebody else the same amount of grace and mercy that you would want to get if you were in their situation. And, and then we said that forgiveness is saying, you don't owe me anymore. And, 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 and we looked at our lives and said, hey, these are things that we need to get in line with with God. Um, as we take our next steps, these are things that, that we really need to be working on. Now listen, here, here's something that we didn't talk about, um, because you're probably sitting out there, you probably walked away last week saying, I don't know if Ryan even knows how difficult that stuff is. He does, 100%. And, and here, here's my little, um, my little uh, ask for the day. Um, pray for me in all of those things um, because it's difficult. They're, they're incredibly difficult. And I told you last week that we preached that message because of things, because of situations, because of circumstances that were just happening for me. And, and, and when, um, a lot of times I'm preaching um, based on how God is working on me in my life, and it just kind of comes out um, to you, and hopefully you get, you get something out of it as well. Um, but those are things that, that, I'm, that I struggle through, just like everybody else, um, because they're very, very, very difficult things. Um, and so, so that was last week. If you missed that message, um, jump online and you can listen to that. Today, um, well, let me start out with a question. And this is the question all of us can have an incredibly honest answer to. doesn't matter if you're Christian, not a Christian, no matter where you are in your faith journey, um, you can all answer this question. Um, but don't answer it out loud because it can get weird. Um, but this is a question for everybody that's in the room. Um, here we go. What are you worried about? <laughs> what are you worried about? Piggybacking off the video, like, what, let, let, let me ask it this way. Um, what do you worry about that keeps you up at night? For, for the person who says, nothing, <laughs> nothing. You're either a liar or high. E either way, I'm glad you're at Central today. Um, all of us worry about stuff, right? Now, now what's crazy, if, if I would have asked you that question last week, I might have got it in a different answer. Like, if you would have got me, if you would have asked me last week, if you would have said, hey, what are you worried about? I'd have said, um, taking my daughter to college. And now if you ask me today, I'm worried about, like, will I ever see her again? And, and listen, 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 stop asking, all right? It was the worst day of my life. Stop asking how Friday went. It was absolutely terrible. And, and for you parents who have already done it and taken it, you're just, you're just being mean to me right now. And the Bible says... 
that you are not to use harsh words or slander. You're to be kind and tenderhearted and, and forgiving and all of that other stuff. And so, yes, it's difficult, but I'm worried about, I'm worried about her, and I'm worried about things that are going on and, and all of that, that stuff. And so, so last week is different than today, and if I were to ask you a year ago what you're worried about, it's probably different than today, or, or, or 10 years ago. Or what about middle school? What, what about that? You remember what you were worried about in middle school? Like, like, just think about it for a second. Most of you can think of something. It was a really big deal in middle school, wasn't it? L- uh, like, like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't skate backwards. Am I ever going to be able to skate backwards? Or I can't solve this Rubik's Cube. I can't even understand it. I'm going to peel the stickers off and I'm going to move them around and nobody's even ever going to know. Like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And, and all of a sudden, like, like, you never could do anything. You couldn't do those things, but it turned out okay, Right? Like your middle school worries really aren't a big deal today, right? Or how about high school? How about your high school worries? Remember when you worried about the test? When you got to college and, and you worried about that? Remember, remember how you felt after you lost your first job? Remember that? Remember, remember the worry that came with that? Remember how you felt when your car broke down the first time? Remember the worry associated with how am I going to pay for this? Is it going to get fixed in time? Remember how you felt when you got your first speeding ticket and you're worried about how bad your dad's going to kill you when you got home? I mean, we all worry about stuff, right? And I think we live in a culture that perpetuates worry. Listen, you've probably heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. Most of us, most of all of us, like if you would simply just stop watching the news and listening to political talk radio and lose about a quarter of your Facebook friends, your world would be so good, right? Because seriously, we live in a culture that's always telling us what to worry about. One of the one of the scariest statements that you can make to me um, starts out like this: "Hey, Pastor, I watched this documentary on, and, and it doesn't matter what follows." Like, what, whatever it is, whatever you watch, that's going to be something you're worried about, and you're going to try to get me to worry about it as well. My pastor, I, I watched this documentary on UFOs. No, 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 don't even tell me about it, because I get it. I know exactly what you're going to say. By the time you got done watching it, you were convinced that your neighbor is an alien, and that your pastor might be an alien. He might be, I don't know. Might be an alien, and you might be one too. You're not sure. There's this one time you blacked out, and you think maybe you had got abducted, and, and you just don't know. And so it's like, I watched this documentary, and I did this. Somebody said, I watched this documentary on Bigfoot. And then a couple days later, I saw Bigfoot at Swan Lake. No, you didn't. It was a guy dressed up in the Bigfoot costume. He actually comes to church here. It was like the craziest thing. People were putting this picture on Facebook, which I told him, I was like, you're an idiot. Do you know how many people around here carry guns? Like, who don't want to bag the Bigfoot? Like, that was just absolutely crazy. But documentaries and those things, they cause you to worry, right? Now, the problem with worry, as you saw even in the video people said, it's a part of human nature. We all worry about things. We worry about our kids, or we worry about our parents, or the bills, or the medical reports, or we're worried about something. But, but here's the thing. If worry is left unchecked, it always leads to anxiety. Unchecked worry leads to anxiety. And anxiety is where we get crippled in our relationship with Jesus and, and, and our relationship with other people when we start letting that rule us. Like there are people that literally cannot go outside of their homes because anxiety has crippled them so much. And it all started with something that they're worried about. And so 
I want to show you today two verses that I love in the book of Philippians. Last week I showed you two verses that I hate. Um, today I'm going to show you two verses that I just absolutely love. Um, Philippians um, was written by a guy named Paul, uh, just like Ephesians that we talked about last week. Both written by a guy named Paul. We talked about him some last week when we first meet him in the Bible. He is not a Christian. He becomes a Christian, and he writes this letter to this church in Philippi. In chapter 4, there are a couple of verses that he shares, and it's something like, if you're wrestling with worry, um, I think this is going to minister to you, because I, I know it, it really is ministering to me. All right, so here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 says, Then you will experience God's peace. Now, I don't know about you, but I want God's peace. And Anybody else? Like, if you can sign up for God's peace, like, if you can just, if there's like a sign-up sheet at the welcome desk for God's peace, maybe if I, if even if I got to pay a little bit of money, like, I want to get in on the peace of God. I want, like, if God is doling out peace, I want the peace of God. But the problem in our society, and trust me, I know this from personal experience, the, the problem is too many people are looking for relief instead of peace. Like, that, that's what's going on, right? And we will run to things for relief. We'll escape to things for relief. But you got to be careful, because what you escape to will one day be what you need to escape from. If we escape, think about this. If we escape to alcohol, one day we're going to have to escape from alcohol. If we run to drugs, one day we're going to have to escape from drugs. If we run to a relationship, one day we're eventually going to have to run and escape from there. And, and listen, I'm not looking for an escape. I'm looking for the peace of God that no matter what's going on around me, there is peace in my life. And I know that's what you want as well, that we want to feel and we want to have this peace. Paul goes on to describe it. He says, God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. In other words, it's peace that doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's like it's like one of those moments, or hypothetically speaking, you're sitting in a chapel, a hypothetical college known as Northwestern College, in this fake town of Orange City, Iowa, and you're sitting in the chapel in a commissioning service, and they're commissioning their your student, your daughter, <laughs> hypothetically, you're sitting there, and they start saying, "Is Claudia in here?" And by the way. We ain't never singing that blessing song in this church ever. Like it forever is ruined for me now after Friday. Um, but they start singing that song and they're, they're doing it and it's like this over and over. And there are some parents who are smiling and they're happy because apparently they're sending their fourth kid off to college. And then there's others who hypothetically are, are with their baby girl. And they're singing that song, and they're uncontrollably ugly crying. Um, <laughs> and you're looking at the others, and you're like, how is this okay for you? How is that? Like, like, like that's, that's, that, that's peace, right? It's peace in those moments. You've seen people do that, where, where, they're, where they're going through something, and it's not like that, and it's not funny. It's something literally like the, one of the worst things that you've ever seen in your life. And somehow... Even though they're going through it, they somehow seem to be okay. When things are not okay, where everybody from the outside looking in, how can you even do that? For, for me, just being honest, like that's hard. That, that's hard for me. Now, there, there are two things I want to point out real quick. Um, first, there's something the Bible refers to when it comes to peace. Um, there's peace with God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Paul writes that we have peace with God. When you become a follower of Jesus, you have peace with 
God. Um, some of you here today, you don't know Jesus, and your thing is, man, I'm fighting with God. Like, I'm just in this battle, man. God isn't, he's just not, he's not with me. He's not for me. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just fighting with him. Listen, let me tell you something. You are not fighting with God. Because if you were fighting with God, he would already have beat you up, right? I mean, he'll take you behind the woodshed and he'll just wear you out, right? You are not fighting with God. You're fighting with yourself. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks in the series. We're going to talk about um, overcoming like self-hate, self-doubt, th- those types of things. But the only way to, to solve that fight is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, and then you will experience peace with God. A lot of us, we have peace with God, but we don't have the peace of God. All right, Some people have peace with God, we don't have the peace of God. And the reason is because we're stressed out, we're freaked out, and we're worried, and we haven't thanked him for all he has already given us. All right, More on that in a minute, Thank, thanking him. But this peace of God, this, this peace of God that all of us are wanting, that all of us are looking for, Paul says it transcends, it exceeds all understanding. And then he says this, he says his peace, and I'm thankful for this, he says his peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. Now, the reason I'm thankful for this is because it helps me make sense of certain things. Because sometimes Christians, we, we say things to people um, that we, I mean, we mean well, but we don't actually know what we're saying means. We just say it, like, guard your heart. You, you ever heard that? Has, have you ever heard that? Just guard your heart, brother. You just got to make sure, just, just girls, just make sure you just guard your heart. At all times and in all ways, just guard your heart. You, you ever been told that? Anybody ever been told that? What does that mean? Like, seriously. Like, like, like what does it mean? Like, if you've said it, don't, don't tell me you've said it, um, because I've said it. All right, but you, you said it to somebody or somebody has said it to you. Do, do you really know what, what it means? Like, how do I do that? How do I guard my heart? How do you walk somebody through the whole process of guarding your heart? Like, I don't, I don't even know how to guard my own heart. How do I tell somebody else how to do it? And one of the things that I'm learning through the scriptures is, is it, it seems, according to this, that we're not in charge of guarding our heart. The Bible says that God's peace, God's peace, God's what? God's peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. And for me, that's huge. Because I don't, I don't know about you, this is probably just for me, um, but when I lack God's peace, um, I also lack the patience to make wise decisions. Anybody else? Like, like some of the dumbest decisions I have made, and there are plenty, trust me, there are plenty to choose from. But some of the dumbest decisions I've made is because I didn't make decisions from the peace of God. I made the decisions out of the pressure to do something. And when we make decisions out of pressure rather than out of peace, we will mess it up every single time. You know that's true, right? You understand that. When, when, when you've prayed through something and you've thought through something and you've got the whole thing outlined out and you understand like, and you're at peace with it, hey, that's a good decision. But when you're just in a rush and you just make it like most all the every single time you've done that, you have screwed something up. So with all that in mind, the peace of God, guarding our heart, not worrying, how do we get there? Well, I'm glad you asked. Paul talks about that in the previous verse, in Philippians 4, 6. Some of you have already looked at your outline, and you're like, we're doing 4, 6, and 7. Why did you do 7 first? Um, it, 
be, because of the way that it flows and the way that I think we, we should read it. Read it. So Philippians 4, 6, we're going to go through this kind of piece by piece. Um, and, and the reason we're going to go through it piece by piece is because when you look at this, um, for me at least, it, it looks kind of, um, on the surface, it seems kind of shallow, but it's absolutely incredible. He, here's what Paul said about the peace of God, how we can have the peace of God and not worry. He says this in Philippians 4, verse 6, don't worry about anything. That's good, right? <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Let's just pray and go home, right? Right? I mean, th- doesn't that sound great? Now, let's be honest. We're in church. Don't you hate that person? D- don't you? Like, you're freaking out. Like, you got this whole life situation. Like, you're hypothetically bawling in the Northwestern College Chapel, and somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, don't worry about anything, brother. Don't worry. Like, don't worry. You know that person? Oh, you shouldn't worry about anything. Don't worry about it. Are you kidding me? What if I kick you in the head right now and tell you not to worry about it? How are you going to do? Don't worry about it. Oh, my gosh. You are such a genius. I never thought about that. Let me not worry about it. Let's see how that works. Wow, that was amazing. You should open up your own office and help people. What should I call it? You should call it Mr. Idiot's Office. That's what you should call it. How do you not worry about anything? Seriously, how do you not do that? Like, 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 like God, have you seen what's going on in my life? God, have you seen what's going on with my kids? God, do you know what's happening in my marriage? you know what's happening with my marriage? Like, like God, have you seen what's going on? Don't worry. Paul, dude, that is your advice. You're writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and the best you can come up with is do not worry? Come on, man. But a lot of times, it's not what is said, it's who said it. And Paul is not speaking. I mean, sometimes when you read the Bible, um, and I don't know if you do this, but this is how I do it. Um, sometimes if we read the Bible, we're not careful. We can imagine kind of like maybe what Paul looked like or what Paul was doing. And we can kind of see him, and he's standing in a library full of books, and he's got this high back chair, and he's got gray hair, and he's got it pulled back in a ponytail. It's really long, and he's got a smoker's jacket on, and he's smoking a pipe, and he's spouting wisdom, and he's like, do not worry about anything. And me, I'm thinking, like, Paul, I'm worried about what you got in the pipe, dude. Like, that's, that's not good, right? See, sometimes we, we think that Paul's speaking from this pious position, but we've got to understand, Paul's not writing from a palace. Paul was in prison. And prison today is bad. But prison 2,000 years ago, man, that was a bad place. See, Paul's not writing this uh, as somebody who hasn't experienced tough times. Paul had experienced tougher times than maybe, probably, all of us put together. See, l- let me tell you a little bit about Paul. Paul, when you think about him, I, I don't want you to think it's just some, like, crazy, mad televangelist in the year AD 60 that had little golden chairs up on the stage and if you just sowed a seed into his ministry one day you'll be richer than your wildest dreams. That, that, that's, not, that's not the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to lose everything. You, you can read all about his story in the book of Acts. You really pick it up in Acts chapter 9. He's, he's riding his horse, and then Jesus um, c- c- confronts him and knocks him off of his horse, and he surrenders his life to Jesus, and everything 
for him began to change. And by worldly standards, he lost everything. All the family that he had, they turned their back on him. He lost all of his friends because they couldn't understand why he would follow Jesus. The Apostle Paul had some incredibly rough times. He got, he got beat up. You ever been beat up? Anybody want to admit they ever got beat up? Paul got beat up so bad one time. They threw rocks at him. Like they tried to kill him. They thought he was dead, and so they dragged him outside of the city, and they left him for dead. Now, that's a bad day, right? That's a bad day, yes or no? Yes. Paul knew what it was like to go through some stuff. In 2 Corinthians, he told us, I've been shipwrecked five times. Five times shipwrecked. We, we have people, remember when the virus first came around, when we first started hearing about it? We had people out on cruise ships who were freaking out. Paul has been shipwrecked five times, to which, like, if I'm like his friend, I'm like, hey, Paul, hey, 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 you might want to, like, maybe consider a different mode of transportation. Like, you probably should take camel the next time you go somewhere. Like, you're not very good at the boating thing. Uh, but Paul has been through some tough stuff. So he's not writing, like I said, he's not writing from this pious position, but rather a position where he understands Christians sometimes go through incredibly tough times. And he's able to say with conviction, don't worry about anything. Paul, where does that mindset come from? Well, he goes on to explain it a little bit. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. But Paul, dude, it's not getting any better. Because don't you hate to pray about person too? Don't, don't you hate them? I got this going on in my life, and it's so bad. Oh, my gosh, you should just pray about it. What? Like, like you know, like, don't even understand what's going on. You're going to tell me. Pray about, like, everything going on in your life. They just say, pray about it, brother. Just pray about it, sister. Just pray. Everything's just, 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 just pray until something happens. Just, just pray. But Paul right here is telling us to do that. Pray about everything. Pray. Now, when you look at that, and I look at that, we don't like that because we've tried that. There are people right now, you're worried about a situation that you've prayed about, and you've prayed about it over and over and over and over again. But let me kind of, let me give you kind of a, a working definition of prayer. Um, probably, probably one of the better definitions I can give you about prayer this morning is this. Prayer is passing something off to God. That's prayer, passing it off to God. Prayer is, I'm going to take something, and, and I'm going to give it to God. Hey, God, I've got this, and I'm going to give it to you. For example, I say I've got this water bottle. Jay, come here. I'm going to give Jay this water bottle. Here you go. Now, I don't have to worry about the water bottle. Jay's got it, right? Like, I might need a drink, but I don't really need the drink or I don't really want to drink right now and so I, I can't have one because I, I gave it I gave it to Jay so I'm going to fight through I'm going to have to battle through whatever I, I gave it to him I don't have to worry about it like hey Ryan where's your water bottle I don't know did you lose it oh, doesn't matter not worried about it I don't have to I don't I don't care not worried about the water bottle what we do as Christians sometime however is I gave him the water bottle and all of a sudden I'm going to be like Let me, let me uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's, uh, let me, let me, uh, took it back. And my water, man, you can't have my water. This is for me, right? We take it, we take it back. See, we pray, 
We'll give something to God, but then we take it back, and then we blame God. Let, 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 me, let me kind of sh- tell you um, how goofy that is. Let's play pretend. Let's pretend that you pulled into the parking lot today. Your car was running a little rough. Um, but you managed to get to church. You come in here. You sat through the entire worship service. You go back outside. You try to start your car. Your car will not start. So you call, a, you call a tow truck, and they take it to the mechanic. You go to the mechanic. When he walks out, he pops the hood. He looks inside of your, your car. He looks at the engine. And he says, I see the problem. He looks at you and says, leave it with me. I'll give you a call when it's taken care of. You say, okay, cool. Thank you so, so, so much. Now, because we live in a society of instant gratification, after about an hour, you look at your phone and you go, <sighs> mechanic hasn't called yet. He hasn't texted. I don't know what's going on with my car. I need to know what's going on with my car. Why hasn't he called me? About two hours have go, go by. He still hasn't called you, hasn't texted you. So you restart your phone, you know, just in case something might be wrong with your phone, right? Because that's what we do. We restart it just in case. When that doesn't work, we text one of our friends. Hey, will you give me a call? I just want to make sure that my phone is working. No, nothing. Nothing from the mechanic. Four hours, five hours, six hours, nothing. You go to bed that night. You wake up the next morning, the first thing you do is you look at your phone. There is zero information from the mechanic. And so you get angry. And so you call somebody to come pick you up. You go to the mechanic's place. You get your keys. You jump in your car. You drive away. Two blocks later, it breaks down. Question, whose fault is it? Is it our fault or the mechanic's fault? Our fault because we took it back. See, That thing that you're worried about, that thing that's causing you anxiety, did you give it to God and then take it back? Because if so, we can't blame it on God. Listen, listen, listen. I'm speaking as a multiple-time offender here. I give stuff to God, but then I take it back. I give it to God, and then I take it back. And prayer is when we say, God, I'm literally giving this to you. I, I trust you. Whether you do something now, you do something later, God, I am putting this in your hand. And, and listen, once you do that, sometimes, sometimes it's not a one-time thing. It's a continual thing. Because let me make you a promise. The enemy wants to bring it back up. I, I've literally had to say out loud, God, I'm, I'm giving that to you. God, I surrender that. I'm not in control of that. I don't control that anymore. God, it's in your hands. That, that's one of the best definitions of prayer that I can give you. Passing it off to God, saying, God, I don't control this. You do. Please, I'm trusting you in this. I, I, I prayed that Friday as I pulled away from Northwestern University. Prayer is, I'm passing it off to you, God. I can't handle this. I can't. You take it, and then continually surrendering it to him, knowing that he will make it right in his time. Next, he goes on to say this. Don't worry about anything. He said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, which for me, um, I'm learning, I'm just learning this. I'm, I'm really learning this stuff right now, telling God what I need. Uh, I'm not going to go into this today because I'm putting a message together um, about this, not for this series, but for, for one later on. Um, but I've got two things, um, two things, big things that I'm, 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 I'm consistently asking God about. Very specific things. I'm asking him on a continual basis. Um, and every time, every time I'm, I'm talking about them, every time I'm praying about them, every time I'm telling, telling God about these things, I, I'm tempted to worry about them. And, and so it's, it's hard to do that like, God, I've given it to you, but, but, I've got this, but I've got this worry. And so worrying through it. But at the end of this verse... 
All right, the end of this verse kind of picks up on that and tells us why we don't have to do that and, and what we need to do to overcome that. Um, look at this. Don't worry about anything except pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And what do those next words say? What do they say? And thank him for all he has done. Not what he is doing. All he has done. Thank you. Thank you, God. For what you have done. Man, that changes everything. Everything. A while back, um, I was hanging out with some people. And uh, long story short, um, this girl um, had gotten up and asked if she could get anybody or anything. She's like, hey, I'm going, can I get anybody a water or Gatorade or something? I'm like, yeah, you can get me a bottle of water if you don't mind. So she went and she came back. She brought drinks for people. And she gave me a bottle of water. Um, so she's, she hands it to me, and I'm, I'm watching this softball game, um, and I take the water out, and I open it up, and just watch the game, and I'm drinking. And out of the corner of my eye, um, I notice she's just standing there, and, and I figure she's just standing there, she's just watching the game. But have you ever kind of, like, looked at somebody kind of, like, out of the corner of your eye, and, and they, you're, like, kind of giving them the side eye, and they catch you giving them the side eye, whatever, or you see that, and it gets really awkward. That's what happened there. Like, I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. Um, she's staring. Uh, I start staring. It gets really uncomfortable. Finally, she looks at me, like, comes in front of me and looks at me and says, thank you. I'm like, you're welcome. Like, I was so clueless. I, I didn't even get it. She's like, no. You didn't say thank you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. All right, sorry, diva. Like, I, I didn't say that, but I thought that. Um, <laughs> but she was right. I didn't say thank you. I was very thankful. I just didn't say thank you, Paul. I didn't say thank you. You ever been that way? You're very thankful, but saying thank you just slips your mind? It, it slips my mind. In, in Luke chapter 17, there's a story about Jesus. He's, he heals 10 lepers. He heals 10 but only one comes back to say thank you. It's crazy. Now, do you think the other, the other nine were thankful, yes or no? Yes, absolutely they were. they were. They were healed from this terrible, terrible, terrible disease, but they wanted to go show their mom or their dad or their wives or their kids or, or whatever. Um, they, just, they just left, and, and, and in their excitement um, or in their selfishness or in their whatever, they just forgot to say thank you. They're focused on something else. Sometimes the reason that I carry worry around with me is because I've not stopped and thank God for all he has done in my past. Because, th listen to me church, when I begin to thank him for what he's done in the past, I, I begin to realize if he did it for me then, man, what can he do over here? You, you, you know what I'm saying? If God is faithful here, he will be more unfaithful over here as well because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when I look back over my past, even though I've got some things in my life I am not particularly proud of and I've got some things in my life that happened to me that I wish wouldn't have happened to me, I can still be very thankful. So for me, it comes back to this, this thing called Thanksgiving, not the holiday, but this practice of saying, thank you, God, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you have done. So this is so key that we understand this, that Thanksgiving isn't a holiday where we just go stuff ourselves. Thanksgiving is an attitude that we should possess in our lives, and we should be thankful for what God has done daily. The Bible says, thank him.
Because listen, if we're not thankful for everything that God has already done, that God has already blessed us with, if we're not captivated by the goodness and the greatness and the provision and the protection of our Heavenly Father, we'll get hyper-focused on our situation and, and, and we'll get worried and we'll get anxious and we'll forget everything that we are already blessed with. But overcoming worry, it starts with being thankful. Do you, do you even know, have you ever stopped to think that the Lord has done more for you than you could ever imagine? Like there are some of you sitting here today, like if it, if it were not for what God has done for you, right? Like you should be crazy. You should be in jail. You should be dead. You should be defeated. But because Jesus helped you slay the giant, walked with you through the fire, you're sitting here today. You're here today, and that's a miracle, all because of what the Lord has helped you overcome in your past. So here's how we're going to end today. When you walked in here today, um, you got a thank you card. And so um, we're ending kind of a, a little bit early um, because I want to give you all an opportunity to be able to tell God, thank you. Claudia is going to come up here, and, and we're going to sing a song. Um, and, and you can sing it. You don't have to sing it. You can just listen as she sings it. But I want you to tell God, thank you for something. I just want you, on the top half of this card, I want you to write, thank you for whatever, God. I want you to write it down. Well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Yes, you do. You've got something. You find something in your heart. You find something in your past. Find something that you can thank him for and you write it down. You can thank him that you woke up indoors this morning. You can thank him that there's food in your refrigerator. You can thank him you're able to breathe. You can thank him that in a few minutes you're able to walk out of this place. You can thank him for something. Let us not, church, take for granted all that God has done for us. Let's say thank you. And then, then I want you to write down at the bottom that thing that has had you worried all week. I want you to write it down. I just want you to write it down. And then you're going to give it to him. I want you just today to be able to say, God, I'm passing this off to you. Passing this off. Passing off. And you're going to bring it up here, and we're going to use our cheesy God cans again. I'm going to, I'm going to give this to you, God. I, I can't handle this. But, God, I know you can. I'm not going to carry this anymore. I'm passing it off to you. Right now, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you my anxiety. Right now, God, I'm going to give you my relationship. Right now, God, I'm going to give you my depression. I'm going to give you my addiction. Right now, God, I'm going to give you this job. Right now, I'm going to give you this problem. Right now, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to pass it off to you right now. God, I can't do it, but you can. You write that down, and then during this song, I want you to pass it off to him. Father, I want to thank you today for what you have done. God, you are absolutely amazing. You, God, have done immeasurably more than all of us could ever ask or imagine. And the purpose and the plan you have for all of our lives is absolutely amazing. And so for that, Jesus, we thank you. I pray, Jesus, instead of worry, that we'll worship and be thankful because you are greater than anything or anyone that comes against us. You have made us overcomers. We thank you. God, we just ask during this time that you move in ways that only you can through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.